0: Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage here with my co-host Coach manchie from Kimberly Coach. We got a Q&A today. And uh before we start, reminder, coaches, athletes, parents, if you're listening in, share the show. Um, you know, we've got a lot of great feedback over our last few guests, uh, Boo De Oliveira and Brian Butch, and some of our other guests. Keep sharing that show. Uh, put it on Twitter, put it on your social media. Uh, share it with friends. Uh, share it with us. All those different things. Uh, the word is definitely spreading. I saw a, a Twitter post just before we hopped on here. Dean from—I'm not even sure who the person is, but you know—they—they—they they, they tagged the Get Your Edge podcast. I guess something was on College Game Day about how you do anything is how you do everything, and made him think of us and Coach Jones. So that means the message is getting out, and again, trying to impact as many people as we can. Um, obviously, we don't run ads on the show. We don't do anything like that. We're just trying to help people get better. And at the end of the day, that's, that's kind of our main mission. Dog, what do you got? What do you, were you pointing at yourself? You got something to say, what do we got? Well,
1: one quick question on that. And know it's one of the kids uh, that I know listens to the podcast and, you know, I said, Hey, just make sure, you know, get that word out. And this individual says no, because that's my competitive advantage. Heard that's it my competitive advantage. He goes, Heard I don't it. want everybody to check out the show because wow. I think the competitive advantage. So I thought, Hey, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It you know what
0: though? What that your, athlete. Your response should be the competitive advantage is if you use the advice, not listen to the advice. Yeah, absolutely. So we got yeah. Some some people use the advice. Some people abuse the advice. All right, let's get her let's going go. here, dog. All right, first question. Uh, we got this actually from an athlete. What are some characteristics of a coachable athlete? Obviously, we talk about being coachable all the time, dog. And so, what are some characteristics? of a coachable athlete, Why don't you fire it first?
1: Well, I think body language screams, Brian. And yeah. I, I think, you know, one of the huge characteristics of being coachable is, you know, what what are you doing as far as your body language? You know, what are you, not only giving your body language to your coach, but your teammates, you know, in everything you do, how, how you're doing your, you know, taking care of your daily business. I, I'm huge into that. And I know we have a lot of college recruiters come through And, you know, they look at how kids compete in other sports and they're not so much concerned about what they do in that other sport as far as, you know, the outcome, you know, for example, in a basketball game, scoring so many points or getting so many rebounds, but they are more worried and more interested in in what kind of teammate are you? How how do they, how do they react when things aren't going their way? You know, do they got great body language? Are they controlling their effort? And all those, so I would say that would be number one on my list, Brian. And then can you count on them? You know, can, can you count on them? I think that is, is so huge, you know, because coaches invest a lot of time, you know, athletes get too caught up, Brian, in my opinion is, Oh, I work so hard and I do this. And, you know, I have so much time invested in my sport and in the weight room to make myself better. But I, I think they forget the coach has got a lot invested as well. And so you know, how accountable are you? You know, can we count on you? Third one, listening. You know, do they listen? Do they want to learn more about their sport? Just like us, we talk about strength and conditioning all the time, but it, we, we research Westside and how it originated in, and all the different areas and different kinds of programs to try to get better as strength and conditioning coaches. And then... What's their approach to failure? Because we're all going to fail. We are all going to fail at one. And are you going to use failure as a learning opportunity to get better? Or are you going to use failure for an opportunity to give up, to not put in as much time and not work as hard? That is another big one. And then, hey, the best ones are always, in my opinion, they want feedback. They want feedback all the time. Good, bad. Not only from one coach, other coaches, hey teammates, but how can I improve? I know that's the biggest thing. When I was coaching, I wanted feedback, Brian. I I wanted that. You know, you and I talk about when we design programs and when we deal with athletes on an individual basis. I'm always asking, how do you handle this situation, Brian? How, what, what do you do And it in this program design? What's your thought process? How, how would you change something? And I want to know why people do what they do. Why you do this drill? You know, how does this drill translate to the full throw, for example, in the shot put and discus? How is this drill going to make them a better athlete or this exercise? I always want to know the why behind all of that. What about you, Brian?
0: You know, Dean, I, I think those are five great ones. <laughs> I'm have a hard time thinking of some other ones here <laughs> um, because those are, those are fantastic. I think, you know, for us, And it's something we talk about a lot. You guys, you know, we, I guess we now call them built-ins, no excuses, you know, take ownership. At the end of the day, you know, as an athlete, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to make a lot of them. And, you know, coaches too, you know, you're going to, you're going to make mistakes. And and at the end of the day, don't make excuses for them, you know, take ownership for them, live, um, or or learn to, to adjust to them. If you make mistakes, Um, don't make them again. That, that's that, those are the best kids that I see right they make mistakes and they adjust and they they don't make excuses and they really just battle back um the next one is just leave your ego at the door I mean if you're playing a team sport it's not about you it shouldn't ever be about you and uh you know even on even on senior night right senior night is a 30 second blurb where you get introduced and then you're, you know you're up there with the rest of the the guys or girls that you play with so leave your ego at the door and be about the success of the team because we know this dean like i just saw the the girls volleyball um you know all state came out and the the majority of the girls that were on the all state team are teams that made it to state that's that's you know more successful teams are are going to have you know more successful in individual accolades so yep. you know we talk about you know Win, you know, focus on being a great teammate, focus on helping the team have success, because that will carry over and to you being able to achieve some of the personal goals that you may have. Um, taking constructive criticism. Coaches, you know, most of the time it's not personal. You know, I don't want to say 100 percent of the time because there's some goofball coaches out there, you know, um, but it, it's not personal. Take criticism, take constructive criticism. And we talk about this as sports advantage with with our our directors, our baseball coaches take criticism and then adapt in a positive manner. So, you know, it goes back to your body language saying, can you, you know, if you get criticized or, you know, suggested to do something, maybe a little different, you you shrug your shoulders, you roll your eyes, or do you look at the coach in the, in the face and say, yes, coach, I got it. You know, and then saying that and then going and doing it, you know, there, there's, there's taking the criticism and then taking action. So, and then the last one is just really trying to execute what the plan is or what the coach asks. Look, okay. With social media and all these other things, the type of offense that your coach runs may not be something that you think is in the best interest of you personally, your family, uh, things like that. The coach has done a lot of investment of his time into building schemes, building different things to try and set the team up for success. The teams that typically have success are the ones that execute the best. They execute the plan. Um, We talk about it with strength and conditioning. You don't need bells and whistles. You don't need all this fancy stuff. Just execute basic things really well, doing it at the highest level. Execute it the way the coach asks to do it. If you have a question, ask your coach. You know, if you don't understand why you're doing something, just ask. Coaches want that. They want the dialogue. They want to be able to um, explain themselves to you. coaches. You should want that from your players to ask questions. And if you give them a you know a, a smug response as a coach, you're not doing your job. You know what I mean? You, you shouldn't be just. That's you know, it, it shouldn't be. You're gonna do it that way because that's the way we want it. That's not. That's not a, a great way to handle that situation. So, players, if you have a question, ask your coach in a positive way. Coach, I, can we just you know chat about this? I'm wondering, you know, X, Y, and Z. Coaches explain it to them that way. You're all on the same page, and that way the execution becomes better. Dog question two: What are ways <laughs> teams show they're committed? And what are ways teams show they're committed? This was a great question we got actually from one of our coaches. Um, So what are some ways And you've, I mean, I mean, let's be realistic. You've been around some pretty darn good teams. You know, what are some things you've seen with, with teams that are really committed to the process?
1: Well, one, you got to be committed to doing the work. You got to put the work in and teams that are committed to working hard And a lot of individuals doing that, good things are going to happen. And those are things you can control. That is number one in my book. Two, they got to commit to each other. And they don't have to all get along, but they all must know their role and they must commit to each other because we is better than me. So they have to commit to each other. It's so, so important. And then the third one, in my opinion, Brian – is they got to have a commitment to excellence. What does excellence, what is the definition of excellence for their team? What does that look like? And then do those athletes have some kind of onus, some kind of say in what that definition of excellence looks like? I think it's very important. And I know a lot of programs, you know, teams have like leadership councils, you know, which is real popular. Or, you know, the captains get together, or the seniors get together, upperclassmen, whatever, you know, that may entail, but they have to figure out what is their definition of excellence. And then, hey, is the coach and is everybody in that program going to hold them accountable to achieve excellence?
0: That's fantastic. Dog, you dropped the know your role. For those of you that follow me on social media, I've been dropping my November nukes at noon every day, and oh, and we hit that we hit that really hard in one of the days, and we even did a little tribute to the Rock on that. Um, but I think understanding your role is is so important. I'd like to add a couple more, Dean. And again, it's part of our culture at Sports Advantage, is a commitment to positive energy, and you know, staying positive when things go wrong, um, not flinching when things go wrong. Things are gonna think things are gonna go bad. I mean if everything was was you know sunshine and roses, you know everybody would be winning state championships, everybody would be you know um, having billion dollar businesses. everybody would have you know everything and that's just not how it is. Things are going to change. things are gonna change at the drop of a drop of an eye or you know however we say that. Um, but you gotta stay positive. you know what I mean? Um, you're not gonna win every game, you know, you're not gonna score 30 points a game. You're not going to throw five touchdowns. You're not going to have 25 kills every single game. There are going to be days that are really, really hard. And this, the, you know, what's cool about these questions, Dean, is we can apply them to everybody. I love this, by the way. To, not to change topic, but you got to be positive, and it can't be fake. You know what I mean? I think we see some sometimes it's you got kind of fake energy, and you're just trying to put on a good face for everything. Look, your, your heart and soul has to be into it. Your heart and soul has to be into it, being positive for your teammate and and being there for your teammate. You're going to have um, people that you play with that are going to go through really hard times. You got to be there for them and you got to be positive for them and and live it with them. And then the other thing, Dean, and we talk about culture all the time, you got to commit to the culture. And this is top down. Um, You know, if you're a coach, you know, what is your culture? Do you define it? Um, Do you live it? Because at the end of the day, if if you, you as a coach aren't living the culture, you can't expect the kids to do it. And culture is live. And we talk about that a lot. We heard that from Coach Jones in what, our second or third podcast about culture and everybody has culture. Culture is not what's on your walls, okay? Culture is not the painting that you have in the weight room. Culture is not, you know, um, like signs that you put up or anything like that. Culture is your actions and they got to be every single day. Anytime there's a crack in your culture, all right, you got to patch it right away. You got to address it. I know, you know, even dealing with my my uh, staff at Sports Advantage, if I think there's a crack somewhere in our culture, we address it immediately. Because at the end of the day, if you don't, then another crack forms and another crack forms, and pretty soon, you know, um, I'm going to throw this out because it was a 48 year anniversary the other day. You know, you got the Edmund Fitzgerald and the boat sinks you know when there's cracks in your culture you have to patch them right away athletes um you have to live by the culture you have to breathe by the culture you have to expect your teammates to live by the culture um you know and with with today's young people they're so afraid to talk to a teammate hey that's not how we do things here or hey that's how we do things here and i know dean you guys that's one of the cornerstones of, of what you guys teach at Kimberly and what we try and teach at Sports Advantage is kids advocating for culture. When you have kids advocating for the culture that you have in your program, you're winning. You're going to win, whether you have talent or not. Because when you're united with, with how strong your culture is, it's really hard to get beat. All right, last question here. We're firing these, Dino, firing them.
1: Might be our quickest podcast, Brian.
0: Well, we'll see. We still got a lot to talk about. That's true. <laughs> got a lot to talk about. Question three, how do I know if I'm doing a great job as a coach or an athlete? Dino, we, we you know, as I'm sure everybody knows, we go over these questions a little bit beforehand, but you got a really great thing that, that you wanted to touch on, which I loved. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, Brian, I just call it the mirror test. And, you know, I just, I probably read this out of a book at one time you know, cause I, am an avid book reader, but if Heard you, can it. Look, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I have given all I have to give and did the absolute best that I could do during that day, you are a success. And I think bottom line, it all comes down to controlling the controllables. And I've always felt as a coach, if I tried to do everything I could on a daily basis, give that athlete the best opportunity to succeed. I'm great with the outcome of the event, because I know that we've done everything possibly that I could do. So that I think is so important. And that's always been, you know, my little thing. I can always sleep great at night because no one I'm not cheating an individual can an individual cheat themselves. Absolutely. We know we can't control the outcome of a game. It could be, you know, a, a bad referee in, right? Or it could be a, a bad bounce. It could be, you know, a lot of circumstances that can come up. And let's be honest, there's no perfect game. There's no perfect play. There's no perfect technique. You know, there's no perfect skill. And, you know, sometimes you just lose. You play well and the team's better or the individual is better. So if you can control the controllables and do the best that you can, I believe, you know, you put yourself in a great position. If you're self-assessing yourself as a coach or an athlete or whatever you do, hey, I'm doing the best job I can. And I just kind of look at, you know, the parents out there. I've always thought of this, you know, it's mistakes you make as a parent. And that's part of the learning process. There's mistakes you make when you're an athlete. That's part of the learning prop, you know, that's part of the deal. Same thing with coaching. Coaches are going to make mistakes, but do you learn from the mistake? And then do you try to become a better person because of that learning experience. That's the key. Too many kids, too many people get too, you know, down on themselves with any kind of failure or any kind of, you know, thing that happens to them, adversity. And then they let that bother them. But everybody's got to understand that's part of the process. Just like in a weight room, you're never going to just keep getting stronger every day. There's going to be that roller coaster effect, but a lot of people got to look back at, and where did you start and now where are you? And look at the big time gains as we go through there. I look back at when I first started coaching to when I coach now, it's totally different, but everything evolves. But I'm certainly not doing the same thing I did 20, 30 years ago that we're doing now. And that's the best part about continually having a growth mindset in evolving in trying to do your best job. So you can look in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm giving everything I have. Is it going to be perfect? No. I always say we're always trying to in the weight room. We're always trying to chase technical perfection, but we're never going to reach it. Right. We're never going to, they're never going to attain it. But There's that, never a
0: perfect lift, ever. It's the
1: process. It's yeah. the process. Yeah. So what about you, Brian?
0: You know, I kind of look at it, you know, very similar. I think coaches and athletes can look at it the same way. I got a couple different words that came to mind. And the first one from coach's standpoint, you know, a couple a, a word change here or there. But, you know, how can you tell if you're doing a good job of, as a coach is retention? Yes. You know, do, do players want to play for you? Um, Do they show up every single day? And as an athlete, you know, if you're doing a, you know, I, I would change that to consistency. You know, how do you know if you're doing a good job? Because you're consistently there. You know, so retention, consistency, and again, you're not trying. You know, as a coach, you're, uh, you're not trying to be their friend. You know, I, I, athletes, you have to understand this. Like, the coaches aren't supposed to be your friends, right? They're supposed to be their your mentor, uh, mentor, a guide. Um, you know, someone that you can trust things like that. All, all of my athletes, you know, I'm friends with them now. You know, I'm, I'm great friends with, you know, a lot of my old linemen. We weren't, we weren't friends when I was coaching them. You know, they there was a mutual respect built. You taught, you know, look at Boo, you know, look at Boo de Oliveira. You know, I didn't want to be their friend, but you know, it was, I was hard on them because I loved them and I wanted them and they kept coming back for more and more and more. They wanted more, they wanted more. Um, and now we're friends you know, and when we see each other at reunions, things like that. So athletes understand this coaches are trying to push you. um, But at the end of the day, if if you're doing a good job as a coach, you're going to know that line that you can push them to, that they're going to want to keep coming back. So I think retention as a coach. And then the first thing with an athlete is how consistent you can be. And then the second thing is improvement. You know, are you getting better? And, And at the end of the day, Improvement is really geared on what your where your starting point is. You know, I don't view improvement as you know, someone getting close to squatting what Travis Frederick could squat. And I don't view improvement as a program. You know, we talked about Dean, and I want to share this. You know, when you guys started at Kimberly, you were one and seventeen. The two years before, they were one and seventeen. Yep. And then the first year you were there, you're five and four. And then the second year, four and five. So and then the third year, nine and oh. So was there improvement? Absolutely. At five and four, you know, you look back now and is that your standard? No. But where you started from, was it an improvement? Yes. So I think look at Deion Sanders, right? They were one and 10 or one and 11, you know, they're, they're four and five or five, whatever they are now. Does it look pretty? No, but is it an improvement? Yes. So an athlete, same thing. You know, if you can't, um if you can't throw over 70 miles an hour and you're a high school pitcher um does that mean that you're ever going to get a a division one scholarship no but if you go and and can throw 75 have you made improvements for who you are you know improvements for who you are i look at you know the where your team is and in high school coaches you guys are going to get athletes at all different levels at all different years so from game one to game 12, or you guys, you know, in, you know, we're in the state playoffs now In game, you know, 12, 13, wherever you're at, did your team get better? Look at college football right now. Yeah. Some teams that some of you may follow may not be athletically as ready to, to win championships as you think, but have they gotten better or have they stayed the same or have they gotten worse? So that's the second way I evaluate, are you getting better? are your kids getting better and then the last one is you know like it or not everybody it's results are you getting results are you as an athlete getting results when you when you go into the weight room when you when you're playing coaches are you getting results um that's how you evaluate and that that's a, that's a basic concept that i think is missed because we have everybody gets a participation trophy and and all this stuff in in, in society and results matter you know, otherwise they wouldn't keep score. They wouldn't have a time. You know, you just, you know, you'd have a football game and okay, you're going to play for three hours and and then everybody's going to go out for pizza together and everything. You keep score for a reason, you know, at the higher levels. Do I think at, at the younger ages results matter? No. Like with the, when they're in youth sports um, retention becomes the most important thing. So at, at certain times too, Dean, you know, retention becomes more important than results. You know what I mean? When, when when you're trying to build a program, and it starts at the youth level, okay, coaches, it starts at the youth level. So when you're trying to build a program, retention is probably the most important thing of these three. And then are your kids getting better? And then lastly, are you getting results? Okay, as it shifts to high school, right? You're going to start getting some kids that maybe like we'll use football. Maybe football is just not for them. They don't want to do the contact. Um, maybe they, you know, maybe they haven't grown. So they're not as tall as they were when they were younger. So maybe, you know, the football is not for them. Okay, we're gonna love you anyways. You know, we appreciate all the sacrifice you've made up to this point. Maybe finding a way for that person to stay involved in the program as a manager or as a social media person. So they want to be involved, but they just don't want to practice and play. So how can we keep them involved? That's great. You know what I mean? It's not for everyone. And so to me, you know, um, retention is so important um as well as consistency for athletes and then you know are your teams getting better are you getting better and then lastly are you are you getting results so uh, man those are three great questions dog you got anything else
1: uh, the only thing i want to mention is you know right now fall sports are coming to the end so you know, we just saw volleyball just got done you know football now it's the state championships and all that i think it's very important for all athletes to understand that you know what athletics teaches young people and I just want to you know give a proud um, father-in-law you know advice my my son-in-law, Sam Schaefer he's a head football coach at Reedsville you know had a tough loss last night and he had a great quote which is in my opinion, you know I'm so proud because he's a young coach, a second year head coach. And he said, we're going to do our best to build great men and football players. But at the end of the day, it's more than X's and O's. It's about being good people, good family, and good community members. And I think those athletes that finished up their fall sport, that's great advice for everyone, all of our listeners. And then those athletes that are going into winter sports, Obviously, you know, the end goal is probably to win a state championship or an individual championship if you're a wrestler, for example. But bottom line is that's going to be a very select few. And I think coaches, how you talk to your, you know, young men and young women after their season comes to an end is crucial as far as your relationship with those former players, you know, that you're that you're going to have. And, you know, giving them that closure of all of the good things athletes teaches, you know, athletics teaches you is so important. And I know everybody wants to win, but most people are going to end their season and it's going to be on a loss. Those are always difficult times. You know, their kids are crying. There's a lot of emotions, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes there's a lot of finger pointing, you know, from people like in the stands or, or whatever, but. And the bottom line is you um, have to understand that athletics is so special and it teaches so many life lessons, Brian.
0: You know, Dean, I think I would echo that and kind of go back to how do you know you're doing a good job as a coach Um, on that last game of the year? If there are tears in the kid's eyes, um, that means they're going to miss it. Yes. And that that means that they they knew they were part of something special. You know, whether you were 0-9 or, you know, 14-0, you know when there's tears in kids eyes and there's hugs and the hugs you know uh, we've both felt them right those right. hugs that are they're, they're a little bit tighter uh, on some of those you know even you know even you know when you win a state championship or win a uh, conference championship those hugs are a little little tighter and when those hugs get a little tighter you know that that it's real you know instead of just the bro hug you know um so i think that that's another thing coaches when you, when you kind of look around um and you realize that you know these kids you know really loved being a part of your program and um you know that it meant something to them and that you look in mom and dad's eyes and things like that i th- i think that's just another way to gauge you know if you were making that kind of impact uh, on those kids because when when it is they they understand how important it was so again characteristics of coachable athlete um Ways teams show that they're committed. And also, how do you know if you're doing a great job as a coach or athlete? Make sure you get out a pen and paper, write some of this stuff down. Um, and stuff that we use at, at both um Kimberly and at Sports Advantage. Yes, dog.
1: Right. any big things going on at Sports Advantage right now coming into the the winter? Oh, just
0: a few. Year. You know, we, we got a few things. Uh Middleton location uh will be open in January. Um, we, have hired our director, but I have to kind of keep that under wraps for a little bit. Um, our Appleton location is actually going to be backed up till the end of, fe- you know, February, uh, March, you know, there's a new building. We're really excited about that. We got a couple things that we are going to be sharing here in the next week on that one. That's going to be uh pretty, pretty high level stuff and, you know, trying to, you know, get some excitement around that, but we're really excited. Uh, the other thing Dean that ultra excited about, um, is our consulting with different high schools. We've gotten messaged, I think, by another dozen high schools over the last week. And I firmly believe that this is going to be the direction that as a Wisconsin high school that you're going to want to go. Um, It's affordable for everybody. You know, it's a program design, which I think is the least important, but a lot of coaches think that that's very important. It's education. It's the collaboration. It's being able to interact with guys like you, Coach Mangan, um, you know, schools up and down our state. And so if you are a school or, or you're a coach and you're looking for something, you know, direct message me, uh, follow our Coaches Edge Consulting on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm telling you right now, the the results of some of our schools and messages we're getting um, are are really undeniably a lot better than than they were. And we're really excited about it. So to me that that's going to be a cutting edge thing in our state that, that we're hopefully providing to a lot of schools and a lot of families. So other than that dog, that wraps it up. Uh Got the state championships coming up next week over at Camp Randall. Good luck uh to all of our schools. Dino. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Fox Valley throws. We're starting yes. January 7th, the winter session. So for those interested, uh, they're coming in like crazy. It's starting to fill up fast. I know it's uh little less than two months away but it's uh coming up quick so if you're interested in getting better in shot put and discus the session starts sunday january 7th and they go all the way up until track season starts so great opportunity to get a, a competitive advantage over your competition
0: one other thing i want to give a shout out to uh our guys over at trench training um Glenn derby uh, steve stark and coach nellis uh they are, they obviously run trench training. Uh, trench training will be run at our sports advantage Oconomowoc as well as sports advantage Wanakee, as well as sports advantage Monominee falls. There'll be some sessions in December uh, for, you know, all of you guys will be done playing, but also on Sundays, January through, I believe April at multiple locations and they run a, They do a great job. Um, some former Badgers help them out, things like that. So check out TrenchTraining.com as well for that. Other than that, That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Get Your Edge podcast, and we will see you next time. Chop it!